Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Morning, everybody. Um, man, it's great. It's great being back. It's great worshiping. Um, just being together. I love our church. I love our family. Love that we get to do this together. Um, I, I, just a couple things before we get going into the, the final section today of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, one is that we are having World Mandate right here in this room on February 3rd and 4th. And uh, I'm really excited. I want to just encourage us here for a second on this because uh, for me and Kim, <clears throat> we've, gone to, we've gone to 23 straight World Mandates in Waco in different places it's been down there through the years. And it's been life-changing and impacting as we've served there in different ways. And we've always had 150 or 200 people go down there with us, I mean, for years. And it's just impacted the church. Think about how much impact is, just happens in that, like the, the Hot Wheels car that goes around, you do the thing and, and it shoots it off again and you're, you're excited, encouraged. Um, anybody know what Hot Wheels are? Just, okay. <laughs> Um, well, that was a throwback, 1970s uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, so World Mandate, the, the, the thought of having it here in Fort Worth, as much as we've been changed by it, I believe it will be a cultural moment in the history, a, a culture-shaping moment in the history of our church. And I want to encourage us um, <clears throat> to, to get signed up. If you haven't already signed up, to get signed up because... Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be opening it up to sister churches here in the city and over in Dallas and just inviting a few others. But you, like, you don't want to miss it. If you got something going on February 3rd and 4th, I understand. But it's, I think it's going to be one of those things that you will have not wanted to have missed if you're where you can. So, so get signed up. I really believe it's going to completely, the room will be completely filled. We've got a great lineup. Michael Miller on Friday night from over at Upper Room. Blake Sock, Hartsock is coming from London. Our, we've got a team there in London uh, for the Saturday morning session. Tyler Hardy from College Station. Yeah, they're, they're always around, you know. And uh, then Joe Ewan's going to be with us all weekend long and preaching on Sunday morning. And then our breakout sessions are going to be awesome. Vincent Carpenter from Waco, Susan Ryan from right here, Rebecca McBride, and Kevin Johnson. And I mean, you guys, right now, we're in a moment in time. Kevin was sharing stories in Rome about what's going on with acts of mercy. And I mean, it's just Poland, Ukraine, unbounds in the middle of all that as well. Hundreds and hundreds of people coming to the Lord. Four churches have already been started out of the work that they're doing there with acts of mercy. Like, like it's on. Like we're in the middle. It's not like out there over the horizon. We're in the middle of a move of God right now. And we want to wake up and be alive to it, even with all the stuff that's coming against us. I'm already starting to preach. But I mean, by God's grace, he wants to do it right here in and through us. So there's, let's get signed up, go to the events page, get, get ready to go for world mandate in Fort Worth. Second thing. Uh, I've got a dear friend who's come out with a new book. It's called Finding Fathers. He's sitting right there on the fourth row. Finding Fathers, Restoring Fathers to Our Families and Our Homes and Our Hearts. And uh, this is an excellent book. I finished it this week, read it in two sittings, and it's really good. I, it, Mark is, I, I've known Mark for 25 years, 
but this is great writing, brother. And I haven't really gotten to see you since I finished it, but it's, it's great writing. I, he, he tells the story of his own relationship with his dad. And I was reading that on Tuesday afternoon, and I was just, I've heard so many different pieces of it, just to see it in writing. He just tell, he's a great storyteller. And it really, the thesis of this book is the, a renewal movement among fathers for the sake of our society and our culture, that that's what we need. And he's, he's a great, passionate uh, communicator. After I finished the section on him, him and his dad, I immediately had to call my dad, you know, and dad's crying and praying over me. He cries every time he prays now, crying and praying over me, praying over us, praying for the church here. Just, you know, and that's, that's my dad, you know, and he's struggling with some health, uh, rehabilitating a, a knee, uh, what do you call it? Knee yeah, knee replacement. <laughs> it looked, looked pretty violent there, didn't it? <laughs> um, dad, sorry. Um, but uh, then I had to call my daughter, and had to call my son, and just tell him I love him. I mean, that's some of the immediate effect, but I've known Mark for 25 years, and we've planted churches together. I've watched him do education in a life-changing way, and I've watched him now be a trainer to educators around the country with the Flippin' Group. He's qualified to write this book on the importance of fathers. And uh, so check it out. Get a copy. Um, does anybody want a copy? Like, c come get it, somebody. This is an extra copy, but, don't, but buy one, too. So, so there's that. Awesome. Amen. Uh, I have another copy. It's a signed one. <laughs> so, amen. One more thing before we jump into this is I just want to give a, just a little word here on the team leaders gathering in Rome. And some people are like, well, Rome, that's awesome. Why do you? Well, m the deal is most of the team leaders are overseas. So we have got 45 U.S. churches and the team leaders from the U.S. went there, but there's double that number in the world, in the nations. And so it's just a good central place for us to meet a little over 300 people there. Um, powerful time. The word unity that Kim just touched on was huge and will be an ongoing, that is the movement word for 2023. And there's just so much to unpack. If you were to think through all the passages that deal with unity in the New Testament, you're looking at a big chunk of the New Testament itself. Like so much of it is about us, all in all of our diversity, walking this thing out together in unity. That's a, big, that's a big thesis of, of the New Testament and of Jesus and his prayer. Um, one story, I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell this, but we, we had got, we'd been waiting on the Lord and gotten a bunch of passages, Acts 2, John 17, uh, Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. And uh, we'd already been meditating on those passages. And a couple weeks ago, Jimmy went with a few, uh, the movement leader for Antioch, went with a few people to uh, this thing in California at Saddleback with Rick Warren called Finish the Task. And it's the major kind of mission movements from around the world, and they're targeting unreached people groups and going, we're going to do this, we're going to reach. And, and Rick stands up at the start of the thing, and he goes, the most important verses right now, passages for the body of Christ, are Acts 2, the people in unity. John 17, the prayer for unity. Acts, uh, Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, the plan for unity. And Jimmy was like, I think we're here in the Lord. You know, and it's powerful, you guys. It's just other words, the, the prayer that has been going on this year. We want to keep that going on. The Ignite the boiler room. All the extra prayer that's going on around here, let's keep it going. That's how we move forward. 
And I'm just burdened about that. Also, another word just strategically that we're hearing is the, five, the importance of the fivefold ministry from Ephesians 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, that those things are released in the body of Christ by Jesus himself for the purpose of building up the body of Christ to maturity and to full stature and growing up and not staying immature and little kids, but growing up into the head, Jesus Christ, not being tossed around here and there by every wind and doctrine and that kind of stuff, but following after Jesus, functioning under his headship as Lord. Another word we got was about hubs, these different targeting, these different hub cities around the world. We're already like Dubai has become such an important place for us. London is in the middle of taking off right now. Other targeted, you know, San Francisco, New York, Miami, these hub places. And as I was listening to this, I was going, I've always thought Fort Worth was a hub. We came down here with a vision of seeing Fort Worth be a hub. And I know it's, it doesn't have, it's not a port city. You know, it does have a river, but you can't drive a boat on it. You know, the Trinity, you wouldn't get very far. <laughs> um, there's probably a few places you could go about 100 yards. But uh, um, so, so anyway, though, but I've always, even coming down here, I've seen Jesus rising up huge over this city, and it is an international sending city because of the airport, because of transportation, fire shooting from here to the region, to the nation, and to the nations by the grace of God. Lord, do it. Ah, and so one more story, just, and I'll move on, but you know, this is the spirit, just to catch the spirit of what was going on there. We were on Wednesday, just powerful, powerful messages. Bring me your ashes, the Lord's saying. Just anybody need to bring the Lord some ashes from this last season? Oh my goodness. That's an experienced mic user. <laughs> Say thank you. <laughs> Clipping speakers. Um, but uh, here, here's a, a story. So on Wednesday, uh, we were just, just before dinner, Wednesday evening. We've been in meetings all morning and afternoon. And uh, it's just before dinner time. And Chantel Klimko is heads up prayer for the movement. And she was just doing announcements, kind of what's going on. And we're all hungry. It's dinner time. It's 530 or whatever. And uh, she, she stands up. She does this announcement thing. And then I'm watching her. I'm on the second row. And I'm watching her. And a tear starts rolling down this left cheek. And she said, uh, I, I think we're supposed to pray. And she falls to her knees. And somebody over here starts singing, Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Prayer starts groaning up. Jimmy runs up with the mic and says, I think we're supposed to roll with this. Kaboom. You know, Holy Spirit starts moving. There's just like a bomb has gone off with us. We're praying for each other. We're worshiping, going up. Two hours later, I look up and I'm like, wow, half the room is still here. We were hungry. It was getting, getting late. But I mean, that and that. So the next night had an encounter night scheduled. So I don't know what that first, you know, encounter night, pre-encounter, pre encounter night, and then encounter night. But just awesome. And so just wanting to share some of that joy and passion about what's going on with our larger. And I was mushy going in, honestly, because I'd been on a Zoom call with some of our friends. And I just don't like these are some of my heroes of the faith been used by the Lord to start movements reaching tens of thousands of baptized Arab Muslim background believers. That's never happened in history. 
And we get to be a part of that, you know? And I don't know, you know, how much more do we get to see each other? That's what was my thought after this last couple of years, you know, when that meeting that was supposed to be, that happened, just now happened, was scheduled for 2020. So I'm thankful, and I'm thankful for our family, thankful for Antioch, Fort Worth. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And a quick few thank yous here. I want to thank Lindy for preaching and doing a great job on foregoing judgments. Thank you. The reward is promised. And uh, yeah, and I want to thank, uh, so thank you, Lindy. Um, I don't know if she's, there she is. Thank you. And I thank Jim Reynolds, for uh, Dr. Jim, for speaking last week. Uh, on allegiance, so and he really was launching out of that next passage there, verse six, which says, "Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and tear you to pieces." Just like that's about allegiance to Jesus Christ. Don't give your allegiance like back then. Gentiles were called dogs and pigs. And so don't, don't, give it, don't give your first loyalty to someone besides Jesus Christ. And that's where that was. Uh, thank you, Jim. And today we're finishing this series on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're calling it Walking Inside the Story. And walking is a good way of talking about what we do. Because the original Christians were called followers of the way. Uh, so they weren't called followers of the stuff you believe and don't do. It's like it's, it's doing. It's, it's the way. It's on the way. We're doing these things. So it's believing and doing. That's what this whole series is. How do you walk? How do you live? How do you walk this out? And I just right here at the beginning just want to say grace. Just speak the word of grace through the cross that Kim just talked about. Grace. Like, anybody need it this week? It's like eight or nine. I'm, I'm one of those. Um, yeah, man, just we, we, we need that word as we are walking this out and living into the ethic that Jesus is talking about that really is truth and is amazing. That's the end of this thing. It's, it's amazing. So let's, let's just come humbly. Uh, Lord, help us today as we stand before your words, the living words of the living Christ. Amen. Stand up, if you would, for the reading of the word. We're going to read Matthew 7, 7 through the end of the chapter. Lord, bless the reading of your word. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. 
But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good fruit. Uh, excuse me. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by, your fru by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your, in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of God, and we say... Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we're getting where we're, we're going to focus in on is that last paragraph there. But in getting to Matthew 7, 24 through 29, I just want to first offer a couple thoughts. One is that Jesus is inviting us to come simply, to ask, to seek, and to knock, to come to the Father, to ask in that way just to come to the Lord, how much more? I mean, I, I only want to give good to my daughter and to my son, and to my grand, I, and, and I'm, he says, you're evil. How much more your father in heaven? So we come simply, Lord, I need this. I'm asking, I'm seeking, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, I'm knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. And so the reminders that we've been going through each and every week over and over again is that we are in God's family together. We're God's family, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done on behalf of us. Putting our faith and trust in him. We're family. We're siblings. Just in all of our differences, we're family. And so uh, this encouragement that I've been getting is just there, there's grace. There's grace for walking this out. There's grace for, not, for hearing this word and not turning away and walking away. Don't be frustrated. Don't be exasperated. The Father's calling us to his way. Let's keep going. And let's stay humble. Let's be humble together. Let's be learners. How many of you guys have heard something that you needed to hear as we've gone through the Sermon on the Mount this time. I mean, I didn't, 
you know, I'm making connections that I haven't made before in my whole life. You know, we're, we're growing. Let's be humble and be learners because nobody's arrived. And, but the cool thing is, like, this is our family. This is our story. This is, uh, this is what we're called to do, to be, to obey, to walk into. This is our family DNA. Even though we don't look like each other, there's all kind. Of, there's not no two people are the same. And if it helps you to think about not just the people that are in this room right now, but think about the church around the world. There are brothers and sisters, our siblings. Like the sun's been coming up from the far east all the way. I know the earth spins, but it's a figure of speech. And our brothers and sisters around the world, all different kinds of traditions, backgrounds that are saying, Jesus, you are the Lord. Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your resurrected body that means that our embodied living makes a difference in the world. That creation itself that you created and yet stepped into and then were raised from the dead, it means that even that matters. The way we walk in the world and embody the salvation, it matters. We got this... God DNA in us, the DNA of Jesus, his life, the shared life. He is, I'm just, this is lots of theology, and Jesus, but he is our life. He is our life. We're alive because of him. He holds all things together by the word of his power and he's saved us. And then we get to a series of tensions and warnings, the narrow versus the wide. And, you know, the Lord is calling us to narrow living. He's calling us to the narrow way. When Jesus says, come and follow me, he's not saying, come and just add all kinds of stuff onto your life. It's going to be a never-ending, that sounds like culture. Just, just going to be a never-ending list of stuff to do. He's actually saying, no, I want you to go the narrow way. Not the broad way, but the narrow way of following him. Another tension there is the true and false prophets. And he says, that, that, that falsehood is going to be preaching something besides the way of Jesus, something besides Jesus, something besides what we've been talking about here in the series, something besides proclaiming the crucified, incarnate, sanctified life offered to God, crucified, raised on the third day by the power of God, ascended to the right hand of God, pouring out the Holy Spirit, coming again in power to judge the living and the dead. Something besides that. But by grace. And you'll know. You'll know the false and the true from fruit. Whether it's visible and external or internal. You know, and again, we're all, everybody here, thrown on the mercy of God. Lord, thank you for mercy that's new on this Sunday morning. I don't know about you. I, that's, that's my hope is Jesus. There's, just, there's no other hope, man. Um, and then true and false disciples, another tension there. But Jesus says clearly the true disciple is the one who does the will of the Father. So Lord, how are we going to know that? Look to Jesus who perfectly reveals it. How are we going to do that? The power of his Holy Spirit poured out so that we share in this life that he's included us in and brought us right into the throne room of the Father 
and their love and shared communion in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Ooh, that's our, that's, this is our hope that I'm proclaiming. And then Jesus caps off the Sermon on the Mount with the, one of his most famous sayings, and that is the contrast between the wise and the foolish builders, right? And what do we want to be? Wise. <laughs> we want to be wise. We want to follow Jesus and do what he says no matter what. We used to say that with the kids and we'd, every night tucking them in. Follow Jesus. We'd say it together. Follow Jesus and do what he says no matter what. There you go. So here's the main thing. Everybody okay? Here's the main thing. Jesus is calling us to be wise and build our lives on the rock by hearing his words and putting them into practice. Hear his words and put them into practice. Restating that just a bit, discipleship and Christian faith is putting the words of Jesus into practice. Is that clear? This is our faith. It's a, it's a joyful response because it's salvation. It's forgiveness. It's healing. It's the best way of living. In case you don't know, sin doesn't lead to freedom. It might be fun here and there, but it leads to bondage. Always takes us further than we want to go. And so the way of Jesus is the way of freedom. It is. The, he's the truth, the way, the life. He's our hope. I was reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer this morning. Isn't that a funny way to start a sentence? <laughs> and, you know, he gets to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's putting words into people's mouths, and he says, quote, what just happened? At the end of the sermon, they're, they're amazed, right? And they say, what just happened? The Son of God has spoken. And it just hit me. like So we're talking about hearing and doing. And I'm going to go ahead and plant a seed right here that I think is a word for us for this morning too. And that is we do this together. We do this together. We can't do it by ourselves. You know, and it's such an individualistic, consumeristic worldview, water we're swimming in that we can't see unless we have somebody, hey, hey, this is water we're swimming in. We think it's all about us and individually living this thing out, but it's about us together. It's a, it's a community word. It always has been and always, and I'm going to emphasize that in just a minute. I, and I just, even in this reading of the Sermon on the Mount, I just see, and I'm talking about this to you guys all the time, and I can't do it. I'm like, I want to, but I keep, because of the water we swim in, I keep seeing things dualistically. Heaven up there, but God wants me to embody heaven in the life of Jesus right here and right now. Lord, have mercy on, on me and on us to do that. You know, uh, anybody see the therefore at the start of 24? You know, whenever you see a therefore, what are you supposed to say? <laughs> What's it there for? And usually, you know, there's like some great sum up kind of, okay, therefore. And I just looked this morning and there were 163 therefores in the New Testament in the NIV. I thought, man, that'd be a crazy series. Just like, okay, here's the stuff that matters. You know, like, therefore. Now, in light of everything I've said in the Sermon on the Mount, therefore. 
It's an important phrase, and it sums up the sermon. So here we go. I've got, I want to highlight three things. The first one is this. We need the revelation of Jesus. We need the revelation of Jesus. Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine. So that, we're talking about revelation. Not just do you audibly hear these words, but do you, are you listening? Are you really listening, right? That's the way Jesus says it in other places. Do we hear, do, do we see? You can see without seeing and you can hear without hearing. And what we need to do here is have a revelation of Jesus that really impacts us. It's not just Jamie saying words. It's Jamie saying the words of Jesus. Hear the words of Jesus as we read these words together. We need a revelation. And as I read that, I, I had a thought. I've never, I don't think I've ever had this thought before, but I thought Jesus wants us to build, well, I've had that thought, on the rock. <laughs> I had that thought. But I haven't had the thought like, okay, Matthew 16. Turn to Matthew 16. This was kind of a, a new thought for me because Jesus is inviting us to join him in what he's doing, right? Verse 13 of Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was revealed, not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, so like how Jesus is building and how he wants us to build our lives. It's exactly what he's, what he's saying there to Simon. Like, you didn't get this from earth. You didn't get this from men. You got a revelation from the Father about who I am. And that's how I'm building my people. That's how I'm building the church. It's on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus then is saying to us, therefore, everyone who hears my words is like someone who's building on the rock, on the fountain, listening, looking, seeing, turning from the things that we've been looking at and look to Jesus. It's like out of body almost, just standing here saying like, oh Lord, help us to do this. Help us to live into this life and way and calling. We are the house that he is building. He's building a house. And he wants us to participate in the building of this house on his words. His words are truth. His words are reality. This is not like just, hey, this is some good wishful way to be thinking. No, this is the way humanity was intended to live. The wisdom in this is kind of breathtaking, honestly, when you think about it. Wisdom, and I mean specifically relational wisdom and how to live with people. Paul says it this way in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. My goal, he's been talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We preach Christ 
with all the power that works within us. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so what Jesus is calling us to, this living in this way, the, the, this relational knowledge getting worked out with wisdom in our lives, it's bearing the image of the relational God of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in a relationship of love from all eternity. And this is how he has called us to live as well. You guys, obedience is wise. And what obedience to Jesus does over time, I was texting with Jim last night about this, and he, he said, we learn how to live with others is wisdom understands stuff because bodily obedience over time creates an indestructible shalom within our bodies. So we're putting the words of Jesus into practice. And if you can't see ahead how good that is for you, uh, that's part of what I'm trying to say is that over time, that obedience really does give us a wisdom and a peace that is, goes deep down into our souls, in our bodies, and then gets embodied in the way we live. Even though we blow it, we make mistakes, there's just this, this pull, keep coming back. You, you fell in the ditch, just keep, I'm gonna keep coming. I'm gonna keep coming, Lord, and you're pulling me, you're wooing me and drawing me. All right? I want that to be encouragement for us, even as we're being called to obedience to the Lord. The next piece there to highlight then, we need a revelation of Jesus and we need to put it into practice. This is believing and doing. This is sometimes theologically called orthodoxy. It's what you believe and orthopraxy, what you practice. So believing, doing, good theology, living it out in real life. We live this out in real life uh, just all of the things in the Sermon on the Mount. So everything that we've been talking about during these last, this is the 11th week of doing this. And somebody said, oh, I can't believe you're stopping already. It's like, there's always more. <laughs> you know, 11 weeks, we gave it a shot. Jesus, I guess, did it at one sitting. <laughs> wow, Lord, it's intense. help us but I mean then all this is living this out then is good for us the blessings that are pronounced even though it's hard sometimes we say mourning and I, I but there's blessing that's pronounced there blessings for the pure blessings for seeking the Lord first and his righteousness blessings even when we go through hard stuff because of his name he promises that he's there with us he he says you're salt and you are light let's be that salt and light and live with a, a righteousness that so far goes beyond the scribes and the Pharisees because it's the life of Jesus perfectly being lived out but being expressed in our bodies yeah. in our thinking yeah. in our hearts in our lives and that affects the way you know we don't just think about anger the way we used to because anger leads to violence and murder we don't think about Lust the way we used to because lust, it, it, it's adultery of the heart. 
Lord, help us. Be faithful in covenant relationships, he says about divorce. And let your yes be yes. I mean, this is just, it's just true. Let your yes be yes. Don't retaliate. Love your enemies. Grow up and be like your father because that's what he does. He's loved us. Be generous in giving and sharing and pray this way. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. All of that just to the center point with forgiveness, us just being a forgiving people of that. Forgive as the Lord's forgiven you. Just pausing. So much there. Put your treasure in heaven. Don't worry. Seek first the kingdom. Don't judge. Give your allegiance to Jesus. Be asking, seeking, knocking. Do good to others in the same way you want them to do good to you. That sums up the law and the prophets. That's like the golden rule. The platinum rule then is love others the way I've loved you. Just take it to the level of Jesus. Guard yourselves. Go the narrow way. Walk in the truth. Do the will of the Father. Build your life on the rock. Do the words of Jesus. Live into this. You know, these are the words of Jesus. One of the things we set out at the beginning of the year to do was to do to really focus in on the words of Jesus this year. Now, these are not the words of Peter. These are not the words of Paul. Remember, they're his apostles, not the other way around. So we're trying to major on Jesus here. That doesn't discount the Holy Spirit's words through Peter and Paul, but we're just like, hey, let's, let's get this back up on the radar. This is, this is what we're trying to to do and live into. Uh, Lord, help us. It's the way. It's part of the way of following Jesus. Right? Very good? Okay, and then the final thing I want to highlight is we live this together. Revelation of Jesus, put it into practice. We live this together. I was praying in my office, as I often do. This is how you write a sermon, by the way. You you, stand, you read the passage and you stand up and you just kind of walk back and forth and you pray it and you read it out loud and, and then stuff starts coming. Um, that's the way I do it. Oh, there's a lot of other stuff because that makes it sound like that's the only thing you do. But uh, so I'm, I'm literally reading the passage out loud and, just, and I, just, I finished and I said, Lord, would you just help me right now? I... I need grace on this. I need to know what to say. There's something, what, how do you want me to emphasize this this week? And my phone goes off and a text message hits. As literally, I'm holding the Bible and my phone goes off and I'm praying. I literally had vo voiced that prayer out loud. And it was a friend texting to say, hey, I've just seen this incredible stuff in a fresh way about Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And specifically, the end of the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians 3.19. And I'm going to read those verses here, but I, I just want you to see, like, Jesus is all about this community coming together and it being a together thing. Yeah. So Ephesians 2, verse 19 through 22, 
is about the temple that we are being built to be together, one new humanity. Because of the cross of Jesus, he's brought an end to hostility and been raised for us to be one new humanity together. And he says in verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of, of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So it's, it's about the church. It's about the people of God, Jew and Gentile together. And he goes on and talks about that even more. This incredible mystery. Who would have thought people that hate each other and really don't like each other and don't like each other's practice. There's just a lot of stuff that's like oil and water, right? And now they're one together in the body of the Messiah. And Paul then prays this incredible Trinitarian prayer. And for this reason, then, I kneel before the Father after he's unpacked the eternal purpose of God to bring Jew and Gentile together in Christ. That's what he's preaching. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to devote you know, my life to, to preaching this. And uh, so then Paul says, I, I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name and that the glorious riches out of his riches, he might strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Don't just think us and don't just think the city. Think the multi-ethnic family around the world. To grasp how wide we need each other. To grasp how long and high and deep we need each other. It's the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you, and here we go, here's the temple piece, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like the temple, like Solomon's temple was filled with the glory of God and no one could stand that this temple would be filled with the presence, the life, the love, the glory of God. You know, one of the things that's happening right now in our culture is like Christianity. I was, I was with some uh, uh, guy from Wheaton the other day, Daniel Yang. And he's talking about Christianity kind of de on this decline right now. And the nuns, not um, uh, N-O-N-E-S, nuns. That's people that have no uh, religious affiliation. That that number is increasing right now. And for years, we've been waving a banner just going, uh, something's wrong, something's not right. Uh, everybody says they're a Christian, but it would look different. I think it would look different if, if, if there was really 80% of American adults were Christian. I think it would look different than this. Right. And then Barna comes along and says, actually only 8 or 9% of those claiming to be Christian actually have a biblical worldview defined by very simple just basic, basic things. Believe in the Bible. Believe Jesus died for their sins. Believe the devil's real. Just basic stuff. And so the, the nuns and all that's happened in this last season, I think, is people just being clearer about where they're really at with the lordship of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so uh, Kim was telling me she heard this message from Francis Chan that we love and is real connected with Antioch. 
And, uh, but he was sharing a story about Chinese food. He's Chinese American and somebody told him about some fast food place and he said, I don't think that's real Chinese food. But he actually went and he had gotten a Rangoon filled with uh, cream cheese. And he said, I wanna just testify to you that this is not Chinese food. He goes, I know what Chinese food is. This is not Chinese food. And I will take you to find Chinese food. I, I, will, I will bring you on a real experience of Chinese food. This, this is not the real thing. But the point he was making is that so many people make decisions, like they try the cheese, cream cheese Rangoon and go, Ugh, I don't like Chinese food. Whole genre. Written off. And how many people do the same exact thing with Christianity, visit church a few times, you know, go check something out and don't get the real experience of Jesus and walking in the way of Jesus and then take that, that bite and go, oh, that's, that's no good for me. I'm going to be a nun. When Jesus has so much more for us, and I'm, all of us, There's, it's not like them, it's all of us. It's all of He's got more for us than we can even imagine. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's about revelation. It's about seeing and hearing. It's about responding. It's about putting it into practice. It's about obedience over the long haul that shapes our maturity, that shapes the peace that we walk in. And we're all in process. And that's okay. Let's, let's help each other. Put our arms out and help each other on this journey. We need each I I need you. Um, a few weeks ago, there was an Instagram thing, and they were laughing about some of these, thi these things I do. I'm sorry, this is going long. But they, they were laughing about some of these things I do, and one of them is this birthmark thing. And, and I don't always, I realize I've told it so many times, I don't always explain it. But it's a, it's a, I wish I had a, a birthmark like just a bullseye for encouragement. And so I was always going, but sometimes I'll go, just, <laughs> what do new people say? But that's weird, you know? And then you have this thing you do with the, the, the... it's not a cat, it's a Mexican sewer rat, but it's, that's sin. And it's a long story. We'll tell it again on another time. But I just, I realized, man, you guys, I, I know I need it. And I know you need it. And we do this together. We, we, we need each other. We can't do it apart from relationship. In two weeks, we're celebrating 30 years of Christ Fellowship, Antioch, Fort Worth. And um, so we've just, by grace, been trying to follow Jesus, keep it as simple as we can, be the church. You know, and I think it's the be the church part that keeps me, uh, it just not in the game, but just like there's always more if we'll be the church there's always more because we're not in the same place we were back then more of our stuff's gotten exposed or stuff that we need to deal with we love a lot more we forgive more we've grown just to keep forgiving and loving and all the things that go along with being community together and I'm so thankful for our family here at Antioch Fort Worth and um, and I do really feel like the this was just, we were processing this. I felt like this was a word that the Lord wanted me to say. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you. To, as a father here in this church, I'm proud of you. And so if, if I'm proud of you, how much 
more is the Father in heaven proud of you. He loves you. You're his children. You're his precious son, his precious daughter. He, he loves you. He loves you. And we're just so thankful for this church family. And so you get to the end of the sermon on the mount, and it's like people are shocked. They're, they're in awe. They, they, it's like they've never heard authority like that because they never had. This is God in the flesh. This is the overlapping of God and humanity, heaven and earth, and he now speaks the truth to people as it is. Not as it might be, but this is the truth. And he wants us to walk in this way. And he wants us to hear this and go, wow, this is amazing. God, you're amazing. Jesus, you're amazing. Right? Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for good news, Lord. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the kingdom. Thank you for your reign. Thank you, Lord. We're going to take a little time to minister. If you got grace to do it, let's press in. Take a few minutes. I don't know that we'll take two hours. But how do you need to respond today to the Lord? The Father, you guys, gives good gifts. Is there something you're needing in your life right now? Ask Him. Seek. Knock. Don't stay where you're at, but Lord, I need wisdom. That was a bad choice. Lord, meet me today. Meet me with grace. I'm coming humbly. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And again, I want to just say the call of Jesus so many times isn't for you to go out and do more. It's a call to do less, to narrow the way, narrow down the amount of things that we're trying to do. We can't run. We can't have it all. Not in terms of culture in the world. Does something need to be pruned in your life, in my life, that isn't bearing fruit? Anything need to go? And I'm just going to keep saying it. It's Christ and the church and the glory of God. Is there a next step for you with community? Just leaning in, turning toward, loving each other. And I know that's extra special word going into Thanksgiving weekend. Lord, we need this, not just for us, but in our families. So Lord, meet us today. Yeah, whatever your need is, I, there's so many, there's such a multiplicity of needs. Just come and get prayer. Don't leave without, if you have a healing need or just need to respond to the Lord in a fresh way, let's pray for each other. Lord, meet us here right now. Thank you for all these guys that are ready to pray. Let's jump in, be bold, go for it. Yeah, the revelation of Jesus, putting it into practice, doing it in community. Thank you, Lord. We live this together. Amen. Help us, Lord. Offer yourself again afresh. One of the things we've been saying is, Lord, we don't need help. We need you to take over. Lord, don't just help us. Take over. Help us, Lord. Give us grace even to just say that and pray that prayer. In the name of Jesus.